Welcome to the Body Positivity Podcast with Diana and Arliss. And today we are talking all about body positivity and sexuality. Ooh, hot topic there, Diana. I know, I have to admit straight up that I'm almost a little nervous about this topic. You know, when, when we talked a little bit before this, Arliss, I shared that, you know, I'm, I'm not that open mm-hmm. in terms of talking about all these different things. So this is me pushing outside of my comfort zone in a way, you know, and, and I think it's, I want to honor that because I think it really is about expressing yourself in a way that feels safe and good to you. So through our discussion, we're going to express ourselves and and our feelings about sexuality in ways that feel comfortable for us. And as we're listening, as you're listening to this, I hope that you're getting that and understanding that that is exactly what we want to talk about and, and where we hope that you will um, take yourself as a result of listening to us today. Yes, and I want to honor and respect you, Diana, and just being a beautiful example of stating your boundaries clearly and staying in your safe comfort zone in our society there's such a tendency to praise individuals who are willing to unabashedly discuss the nitty-gritty details of their sex life and unfortunately that's created this feeling of shame for a lot of people because that don't feel comfortable. And I think that one of the things that we are trying to achieve in today's podcast is just saying, it's okay. It's okay, no matter where you are in that spectrum. Um, And just because you don't wanna discuss sex does not mean that you don't enjoy sex or you don't have a sex life or anything like that. It just means that this is your comfort level around the conversation for whoever's out there. So just know that you're safe here with Diana and I. I agree. And I always feel safe in conversations with you, Arliss. I think it, um, you know, it's, it's just something that I feel comes out of your nature. And, you know, one of the things that I'm really hearing both of us talk about is ultimately respecting preferences and respecting that the preferences of others, and then also coming to terms with our own preferences as well. Mm-hmm. I think that I agree. You know, it's really important, I think, for all of us to go on some self-discovery to find out what we do enjoy as far as sexuality, because it really means a lot of different things, you know, and I don't want to get graphic, but it's not just, you know, penis and vagina, like their sexuality is this huge umbrella of, of many, many different things. And Um, finding out what is really pleasurable for an individual is important. And then it's also important, and this is a key thing of what you said, Diana, that when our partners or friends discuss a preference of theirs, that we're respectful and supportive of them being able to openly discuss and not shame or blame or criticize them if it's something that is consensual and not harmful. Yeah, I love that. I think that it really is about about respecting where somebody else could be and understanding that they may not be or think in a certain way that you that you may expect them to. And that it truly is about expression because when it comes to the way that I dress, somebody might ex- 
expect that I am more open in discussing that sort of stuff. And it's not because the way that I present myself has very has, does not have anything to do with, you know, some of my other preferences. It's simply a, a means of presenting oneself. And I think, you know, like there there can be all of that different kind of nuance in terms of sexuality, all sorts of different preference. Absolutely. And what I hear you saying is nudity or partial nudity based on small clothing choices does not imply sexual interest or sexual intent or any kind of sexuality at all. It could just be a temperature preference or a clothing preference and not even be related. Absolutely. And I think many times the two can be conflated. And many, Mm -hmm. I think a lot of honestly sexuality, I know that um, week after next, we're going to also speak about gender because they are separate. They are separate topics. But we can kind of confuse them a lot. And I think that, I, I mean, I feel like really it's it's just the younger generation that's really helping me understand a lot of this because I didn't grow up in that, that social construct. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think that, you know, both both of us were in the generation where the discussion of sexuality in open terms was just barely starting to happen. There was still a lot of judgment and rules around that that have really been blown out of the water for a, in a lot of places since we've grown up. So for these younger generations that are coming up, you know, saying that they're bisexual or lesbian or gay or non-sexual, asexual, is not something that is as shocking necessarily in society as it was when we were younger. I specifically remember I grew up in a family where one of my very, very close cousins was gay. And, you know, he didn't come out to his family until he was much, much older, even though I knew and a few of his close friends knew. And I have many, many cousins, so I'm not outing anyone um, by saying this. But yeah, I remember how scary it was that something might be implied or that someone might find out. And that wasn't that long ago. I mean, that was in like the early 2000s. And so I know that our generation and even older, there's still that level of apprehension and it's hard. It's, you know, it's hard. Yeah. And I I think it's so important for us to honor that all of these discussions are confusing, you know, especially like (laughs) a time where it was a different social construct. The thoughts about um, homosexuality, like just different forms of sexuality than just um, heterosexuality were not really discussed. It, you know, there was a norm and that was like pretty much it and everything outside the norm just like you said, you know, there would there would be shame around it, there would be ridicule, there would be um, like demoralizing it, different things like that. And now we're in a different place where things are moving much faster. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's I think it's a great thing. I think it's really necessary. But at the same time, I think that there does have to be this like choice of a level of comfort and like. You know, as you mentioned with your cousin, I think one of the things that's interesting is that in playing with those dynamics, sometimes there are like different levels where you can feel comfortable having those discussions. 
So you can have, you know, you can feel comfortable having those discussions. Um, I mean, the very first level, some of us don't even feel comfortable having those discussions internally in self. And then mm -hmm. once we have those discussions about our preference, what it is that we like, what we want, then there's the discussions that we have with some of our most intimate relationships. And those could be romantic or those could be close cousins or friends that we feel very close to, you know, and then beyond that is people who don't know us or a public or something like that. And I think sometimes it is easier to express yourself to people who don't know you versus to the people who do, because, you know, you, you care about their opinion or you're, you know, there can be feelings of hurt that we want to avoid. I, I agree. I mean, my parents are quite a bit older. So my dad is 86 and my mom is 76. She looks like she's like barely 60. So, so she doesn't hide her age or anything. But I, I know that how I have progressed in my life, um, specifically around my sexuality and what they know of that progression is definitely outside of what they expected. You know, and that goes along with um, me having multiple tattoos and, you know, things like that, too. Um, and I've also felt very safe and loved by my parents. And so I'm very lucky. I have a very open relationship with my parents. I um, There isn't anything that I wouldn't tell them in my life. But I think that that's really rare. I think that it's really rare. And one of the things that that kind of allowed me to do in my life is go through a sexual evolution to really be honest with myself and figure out what I really did enjoy and didn't enjoy. And it was confusing for me. You know, I started off knowing that I was attracted to men. Um, and so I thought, oh, I'm heterosexual. You know, like, that's what I must be. And then I remember the first woman that I was attracted to. And I was like, okay, well, maybe I'm a lesbian. But then now I was still attracted to men. So then I was like, okay, well, maybe I'm bisexual. But then I, you know, through further discussion with myself and other people that are trusted in my life, I realized I don't really care what plumbing people have at all. Like, I don't really care what parts people have at all. Uh, whether they consider themselves male or female, or they're non-binary, or they're trans in some way. I care about how I emotionally connect with the person. So, and then I, that's when I, I just, I knew that I was pansexual. So that's what I consider myself. And I want you to know, Diana, that I don't expect you to share this level of detail. And there's not, I don't feel brave for sharing it either. I just think that it's important to discuss that like that all has happened in the last 36 years of my life, you know, and who knows? And another five years, I might decide, well, this other label is better and I'm this other thing. And that's the important thing that I'm trying to talk about is not necessarily my specific experience, but that it's a pro progression for a lot of people and it can be just as confusing to them during the process as it is for outsiders. Yeah, my I definitely agree with you in a lot of different ways where for me, my connection to a person has always been more emotional and energetic as opposed to like what they looked like or, you know, any of those sort of things. Because for me, I always had this sense of like, no, I really care about who this person is, their soul, like their values, like I'm less concerned with all of the other stuff. So I can totally get what you mean with that. Cause like, 
I know that when I was younger, um, when friends would ask me about my type, I'd be like, oh yeah, like this, but I'm dating somebody who looks totally different than that. And it's like, because this is my like idea in my head, if you know, whatever, but like what really matters at the end of the day is not the picture, but for me, the energy and the emotion behind uh, that relationship with a person. Absolutely. I completely agree. And I think it's also important that even if we ask a friend or someone, you know, what's your type or what you, what are you interested in? Like, we shouldn't be boxing people in to this small, tiny category. We are all growing, evolving creatures on this planet. And, and it's probably going to change, you know, it may not change as drastically as mine changed, but it's probably going to change in some way, whether that's, you know, if you would have asked me in high school, what's my type, I probably would have said funny. And now if you ask me, what's my type, it's highly intellectual, like I love brains. <laughs> so, um, you know, irregardless of what somebody physically looks like, my type emotionally has changed too. And, you know, my partner who I'm with is both highly intellectual and funny. So I feel lucky in that way. <laughs> yeah, for me, yeah, wit and like intellect and yeah, and drive are up there. And that's who my husband is. You know, it's what what I love about him. And for me, it's always been more about um, those sort of values and that energy more so than like what somebody looks like, any of those sort of things. So I love that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you know, but I want to talk about like how hard it can can be because I like as you talk about your journey, like you know, even recognizing for yourself that you were you did have more of a safe space than most probably um, in terms of exploring yourself and feeling loved through that container in exploring yourself. You know what? I'm curious. Like, what can we kind of bring to the table? as like thoughts for us to unpack as we're as we're navigating that journey because i don't think it's you know just as you said it's not it's not easy and it is about to me like ultimately i think it really does get back to self love um, and a willingness to love yourself more absolutely uh, i completely agree oh i think you froze i'm sure arliss will be back with us in just a second there we go oh you froze <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, the biggest piece of advice that I would give is be gentle with yourself. It's a process. We're all evolving. Uh, you get to change your mind as much as you want. This is about you and your body and what you enjoy. Practice telling yourself what you enjoy so that when you are engaging with others in sexuality, you've learned what your language is around that and you've heard yourself say the words. Be really conscious around the people that you are considering being sexual with. You know, are they respectful of your opinion in other ways? Are they gentle with you if that's what you're looking for in a partner? Are they and and have discussions beforehand. So, and I think that that all comes from a place of self-love and self-acceptance, because in order to even involve another person in the process, you have to get to a point in yourself where you know your language and you know your preferences enough to, to speak them aloud. Yeah. And I think it's like, I'm hearing you, it's almost another form of like mirror work or like affirmation of self to really start to feel comfortable claiming, saying that, being like gaining the confidence, what I'm hearing really is also through just the repetition and the 
like again it's it, it to me it kind of comes across as affirmation of self yeah i completely agree i think that's like i think that's like very brilliant i love that as a concept to just really like own yourself and to to see it as a means of embracing yourself because i you know i think it, it can be hard sometimes absolutely and i think one of the things that can really help people is to the level that you feel comfortable and is alignment with you know your values or your religion explore your own body discover how do you like to hold your own hand do that so that you have an idea none of us are mind readers it's always helpful when we're engaging in sexuality whether it's with ourselves or other people to be able to to know what we enjoy and what we don't enjoy and i think that that starts with self and there's a lot of stigmatism and shame around that and i you know i would vote let's remove that you know our bodies are beautiful our bodies are these incredible things that we get to be in on this planet and if you are a sexual person then discover what you really like so that when you are engaging with others you can kind of give them a roadmap, you know, like how, how much easier is it when we go to do something new, like golfing or something like that. And we go with somebody that's like, Hey, if you do this, this will help this and this, right? When we have that person that's able to guide us, we feel more comfortable in it as well. And so, so yeah, like start with self. One of the things that I did a while back and that I encourage my clients to do is uh, take the five love languages quiz and make sure that you're giving yourself your own love language. And physical touch is one of them. So um, if you're a physical touch love language person, don't rely on the outside world to meet that need first. Rely on yourself first. I love that. I think that that's a really brilliant um, idea to know our love language and then to recognize that it does come from self first. You know, and as you were talking about getting clear on like what you want in a lot of the work that I do with the law of attraction and all of that, I find that most people are very clear on what they don't want. (laughs) (laughs) Right? In any kind of area of life. And so wherever that wherever that lies with your sexuality as well, it can be the same that you know, many people are clear on what they don't want and not so clear on what they really do want. Mm -hmm. And the truth is that as we get, as we explore that, as we allow ourselves to get more clear on what it is that we really do want, that's all that matters. And that again, it happens in a space and a way that feels safe for us. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, the level of clarity that like I share with people I'm in intimate relationships with is different than the level I share, you know, in a podcast or on a stage or something like that. And it's all about wherever we are in that process, again, doing it in a way that feels in alignment with ourself, where we feel Mm -hmm. good about, you know, because in the same sense that, like, there can be a Muslim woman wearing a full hijab and feeling very confident and loving her look, I'm allowed to love my look in what I wear. And yes. that has nothing to do with anything else in terms of values or anything like that. It, it, it's, you know, these can be just choices that we make, means of expressing ourselves, but don't, but don't necessarily t- paint a picture of who somebody is. Absolutely. You know, one of the things that there are different areas of society that they use is 
there's something called like a non-negotiables list or something like that. And sometimes it can be very helpful since we as humans seem to have more clarity around what we don't want. You could make your own non-negotiables list and that could have things on there that you're not interested in, interested in exploring or you don't find exciting or you know, whatever. So like if you were a heterosexual person, you could have on your non-negotiables list that you would be sexually interacting with somebody of the same gender or sex as you. If you were somebody that, you know, doesn't like public displays of affection, you could have on your non-negotiables list holding hands in public. So I think that it's really important that people kind of think about like, what do they really enjoy? And if they can have those conversations with people early on, it's going to allow others to feel free to share theirs as well. So that creates safe space between both people. And I think it's much more likely that people will recognize if they're compatible or not too. Yeah, I think it's in that honesty of values that really we we get to figure that out. And, and that comes from feeling the freedom to express ourselves. And us having the freedom to express ourselves, I think comes as well from, you know, the, the feelings of safety that we cultivate and trust that we cultivate with, with people in different levels of those relationships. And again, it goes back to me at least of like loving self and when you're doing whatever it is that you choose to do from a place of self-love you'll be able to make decisions i think that feel good for you because it they feel nourishing as opposed to you know like decisions you're supposed to make or have to do yeah i also want to honor those individuals who identify as completely asexual that don't engage sexually with other individuals or even themselves and they still have very meaningful, intimate relationships with people. And being asexual is not something that we talk about much in our society, but there's definitely, you know, a higher percentage of people that would consider themselves asexual than we might think. And if you think about how sexually driven our society is, I could see how they would feel kind of ostracized in the way that our society has developed. And so, you know, if you or I or anybody in our podcast that are listening ever encounter somebody that identifies as asexual, it's just, it's important that we show respect to their choice and don't feel like, oh, they just haven't met the right person yet, or, oh, they just haven't had a really good experience yet or something like that. You know, this is really how this person feels and being really respectful. I love that. Yeah. I mean, I think it's not something that's often talked about because as they say in marketing, you know, sex sells, like there's, there's something that is magnetic about it. So I could see how that the other side of it just simply gets ignored. And I think, yeah, like it's something that we really do need to see and honor that literally the preferences can run the gamut. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and that we are allowed to be in our journey wherever we are. And I think that it's in that allowing ourselves to feel safe where we are and allowing ourselves to feel safe in the exploration that really matters. And like wherever we are in life, you know, it is, it is to 
it would be too bad if like we never really got to enjoy what it is that we really wanted because we never clarified that for ourselves whether it's sexually or in any area of life you know and I think that that's something I always think about I'm like well I don't want to die and not have lived a life that I really want so I'm gonna have the fun I want you know what I mean like and I think we need to honor that in our in our lives you know where are we making where, where are we trying to make a decision maybe for somebody else or to placate someone else instead of being really true to self. That also brings up for me, you know, I have in my past been at a place where we can relate this to sexuality, but I'm going to relate it to clothing. Like if I'm a really bright clothing wearer, or maybe I just only wear white ever, I just only ever wear white clothing. And then I get um, invited to a wedding from a friend. And my friend asked me, would you consider not wearing white on this day so that my bride feels special that she's the only person wearing white to this wedding? I know that in my past, I would have felt really obstinate and like justified, like either they accept me as I am or they don't. And maybe I wouldn't have gone at all, or maybe I would have gone and worn white and realizing that, um, people stating their preferences is not necessarily a judgment on me, you know, and getting to the place where in events like that, where it is a special event, like a wedding, a birthday or something like that. If somebody says, Hey, do you mind not wearing white clothing? That's a discussion that I get to have with myself and them and, you know, trying not to get to the point where I am forcing my beliefs on another person and not respecting where they are too. So there's, there's a little bit there that isn't really talked about very much and and how that can relate to sexuality as well yeah i think that family dynamics is another thing that like comes to me comes to mind for me where it's like where do you where do you toe the lines of comfort there versus you know also standing your ground and being yourself and <laughs> and those relationships and i i really do believe that it's an individual choice in terms of you know this this serves me or it doesn't and we get to make that choice and again just like you said the choice also gets to change so we can make a choice for today and in two years be in a different place where we feel more open to a relationship or decide we want to close the relationship i think that we need to honor again that space where we get to choose the relationships where we're open in and we still get to decide like you know what feels safe for us but i do also encourage everyone that like if that wherever it is that you are to do, to do that exploration and do it in a way that feels safe with somebody that feels safe. And if the only person it feels safe with for you right now is yourself, then that's okay. But um, it is about like just exploring that for yourself. Like what is it that I like? What do I want? And being open to it not necessarily being what you expected. Yeah, I completely agree. And I, I also want to be clear in the example that I was giving. I'm not saying to completely change who you are for a family member or a friend in an event. I'm just saying that for me, there were times in my life where I look back where I didn't really hear the other person and their side and their preferences. I didn't really respect it. And I just, I took it as a judgment on me when it really didn't have anything to do with me. And so I agree, Diana, and just you know, when other people state their preferences, just be open and receptive. And then you get to choose if it works for you or not. 
but other people's preferences are not judgments on us necessarily, unless they're specifically, you know, saying they're a judgment on us. Um, and I think that that brings us to another part of this discussion is this whole discussion can be really scary for people. And it can be, you know, there have been people that have been murdered for coming out and discussing their sexuality openly in our country and in many other countries. And so I don't, I mean, Diana and I never want to make light of these serious discussions that we are having. I mean, this can be very truly um, terrifying for people. And I, and I just want to show respect for that too. Yeah, the fear that we have in expressing ourselves is real because of the violence that exists in our society. And it's, it's something that we need to recognize and honor that it's, that it's not easy. And again, all the more reason why we want to do it in a way that, that does feel safe for us. But at the same time, you know, recognizing that, like, I guess, you know, in the end, it really should feel safe for all of us, but that it's also okay if, I think at least, if in the moment, like, you don't feel that safe everywhere or with everything. And like giving yourself both the, the space to um, figure that out. And like, you know, really Arliss, what I was hearing you say as well was really listening. Like, so when somebody tells you their preferences, and this almost goes back even for me, um, if you think about it in terms of like politics, like when someone expresses their preferences, it's really not for you to change. And what it is there for you to do is listen and look for that more so underlying concern that that person has so that they can really feel heard in a way. And that's what like, whether it's our sexuality or whatever, like, you know, wearing a white dress, whatever that happens to be, that we want to listen to what that other person is saying and hear them. But again, you know, Arliss, like you were saying, we do get that choice about, well, is this message for me? Do I do what they asked or do I still do what's, what feels more, most right to me? Um, and we get to make that choice. Absolutely. I have a very firm belief that we don't open up people for a change in their minds and their hearts by making them wrong. And, and that's true on both sides, right? In my experience, when people have made me wrong or judge me or criticize me, that doesn't open me up to want to hear their opinion or, or see their side of things. And the other side is true too. So if I make other people wrong for their beliefs, it doesn't open people up to actually hearing us. As soon as someone feels wrong or criticized, they shut down. It's just, it's part of how we're wired as humans. And so, so just trying to be as open as possible to stating our preferences and hearing other people's preferences. And, and they might be wildly different. I mean, like I've had some really interesting things happen in my journey around sexuality. You know, like I was a member of the BDSM community for a while and was very, very active in that. And I also know that that's not mainstream society, right? And so if I, when I was really active in that, if I were to sit down and talk about bondage and sadomasochism, some people would be incredibly freaked out by that, right? So just knowing that our preferences can like completely run the gamut. Uh, that's not something that I'm currently active in, but it is something that was very healing for me. Going through that experience was very healing for me. And it was 
safe. I felt very safe. And so just knowing that pe people's preferences, they're not always their preferences for forever. And they might be going like choosing that preference for not just the sexual enjoyment, but it might be healing a side of them too. And I think that that's important to realize. Yeah, I love that. I love that um, there is <laughs> there's a rec recognition of, uh, of sexual healing, right? That it mm -hmm. can truly be something um, that is healing for us to go through and to, to understand on a deeper level. Because, you know, I mean, in the same way that many times like shame is rooted into food or some of the other like simple things that we as human beings do. Um, I think that, you know, like, like we really do want to see and understand our relationship with, with our own sexuality and our preferences so that we can better understand ourselves. And, and really like, again, I think that all self-expression and honoring of self-expression is a form of self-love. And I think that like sexuality is just another one of those that we get to enjoy and express in ways that we feel good about. Absolutely. And I think that it's important to realize that a lot of the fears or hesitancies that we might have regarding sexuality do tie deeply into how we interact with our bodies and how we feel about our bodies. Because being sexual is usually one of the most intimate, most exposing activities that we will do with another person or people. And, and so it can be scary to show those areas of our bodies that we don't always feel super confident about that are hidden behind our clothes a lot of the time. I think, yeah, the more that we can get more comfortable with ourselves and feel at home in our own bodies and feel safe with our bodies, and the dialogue that we are having with our bodies, um, the more likely we are to have more positive sexual encounters too. Yeah, I think that that's, that's very important to, um, to recognize for ourselves. And so like, I'm curious about like, like you talking about that, that journey for yourself being very healing with BDSM. Mm -hmm. Like what, what was it that um, you feel like it illuminated for you? Yeah, so a lot of different things. One, it kind of showed me how these power dynamics in sexuality have been set up in our society for a long time. And it it just, it illuminated that for, for me. And it really showed me ultimately that I didn't really want to be engaging in a power dynamic. I think that it was healing because I got to see really both sides of it but ultimately i don't want to have power over another person and i don't want to have another person have power over me i want it to be like a mutual coming together in a very loving way and that's what i wanted but i don't know that i would have gotten there any other way or maybe as quickly the other thing is um in bdsm culture there's a lot of discussion around consent and safe words and just really honoring where each individual is and being open and honest around 
what the person enjoys or doesn't enjoy and what their limits are. And when a safe word is used or even or even getting close to that, it's highly, highly respected. And if anybody in that community doesn't respect a safe word, they're kind of ostracized. So consent culture is huge. And so that really empowered me to know that being with somebody that really respects how I'm feeling about what's going on is important. Um, and then the other thing that was really helpful to me was the whole discussion around testing. You know, testing for STDs in society can be kind of a something that there's a lot of shame around or um, confusion around or something like that. And so being a part of a um, group of people where testing was normal and discussed and you know, and it was expected that you would share your test results with other people and they would share them with you and all of that stuff. It, it made me really realize how much being tested and asking for test results from another person before engaging in sexuality with them, it really showed me how much that's a respect for myself and a respect for my body and a really an act of love towards my body. Wow, that's like really fascinating. And I think, you know, like I'm hearing you say that what you one of the things that you really found was a high a high value for intent. I'm sorry, for consent. And that that was something that you learned and understood on on a very different level. That the level of like body autonomy or um where we are where we are sovereign over our bodies like it's it really gives us a space where we get to explore that in a way that can feel safe. Mhm. Mm Absolutely. And, and I'm not saying that, that anybody has to engage in anything particular in, in sexuality in order to learn these things or feel these ways or anything like that. That was just my journey. And I'm not saying it's right for anyone else. And I think that anything that we can do that we feel is right for us, that's safe, consensual, that allows us to really get to know our preferences better and value ourselves more is is highly recommended, you know, and that's going to be different for different people. That could be, you know, going to a park with an intimate partner and holding hands in public. And for some people, that's a really big step. And and I honor that. Yeah. Yeah, we're allowed to be stepping wherever it is that we are. And we are simply, you know, just really welcoming ourselves and one another to embrace ourselves a little bit more in a way that feels good and and that enriches our lives as opposed to takes away from it. Absolutely. And the reason why I share so openly is not because I want kudos for sharing, but because I want to destigmatize just the discussion of, of sex and sexuality and different types of sexuality. I want to create more safe space in this world um, for wherever anyone is. And, and so that is my hope. Yeah, I think, and I think that's important is to create more safe space. And in doing that, you know, some of the things that we talked about today were like really just listening to that other person, recognizing that them simply stating their preferences can be, um, you know, can be an act in and of itself. And so, 
for us to honor when somebody is willing to share that with us and does share that with us and doing it in a place where we're really listening and not judging is also what I'm what I'm hearing. Absolutely. And Diana, by not sharing in detail, you are creating a whole different type of safe space. So I'm so grateful. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, it's it's really for no reason other than because I have values and beliefs that it's it's simply my business and my husband's business. Yeah. And, you know, and I think that that's okay. And so anyone who has those kind of beliefs too, you're allowed to have those. You're allowed to be in your space. And and it's it's for us to really respect that we can have we can have all sorts of different boundaries and it's about respecting that one of us can be more open and one of us can can have more safe space around that. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Well, I just want to thank everyone. Do you have any closing words um, or a takeaway for today, Diana? Yeah, that ultimately our expression of sexuality gets to be a form of self-love. And so use it as a means for you wherever you happen to be, as a means of exploring loving yourself more. How about you, Arliss? Yeah, and I would just add... Be gentle with yourself. It's a process and um, practice with yourself to find out what your preferences are and how you verbalize them so that you yourself can hear your own words being said to you. It's going to make it much easier to say them to others. I love that. Thanks, Arliss. I love our chats. Absolutely. Thank you, Diana. So we'll all see you next week at the same time, same place. Have a great week, everyone.